I'll return to grainy footage of a potential Bigfoot that will surely spark a lively debate in your household. Oh my god, that is real. Wow, See, that's why shot. I brought it up because I knew Graham take was. The shot, Graham. How did you know that, Justin? Oh. Because Darren told me. He oh. said he was pro kill. <laughs> you got set up. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Brian Brown a little bit later. The uh, the much awaited Bigfoot episode. Um, but first, as always, Graham, the elitist shitbag Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Not bad, Darren Grimes of Grimerica. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, how you been, buddy? Other than uh, being called an elitist scumbag. I don't know, that was pretty good. That was my, one of my least favorite reviews that we've had. I don't know, it was our first like actual hate mail. That's, <clears throat> that's our worst trolling yet, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know, is he, is, is he considered a troll if he actually gave us positive feedback first and then came back with that lambasement? I don't know. <clears throat> he don't like us no more. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Okay. Do you have so it handy? I have it handy. Our first hate mail. Yeah. Let's see if somebody can beat this. No, no, no. We don't want this to turn into a competition. Yeah, let's make it a competition. This is from the Peasant King via YouTube, the home of the trolls. Filthy Masonic scum in the flesh. You peasants are worthless losers to wipe the ass of a corrupted elitist organization. Sounded a little bit Monty Python-ish there for a sec. This show just lost all respect it could ever get from me, and I will never listen to you scumbags again. You hosts are worthless peasants providing the foundation for your elitist masters by providing them an outlet. Goodbye and good riddance, unsubbed shitbags. <laughs> That's too bad. So but other thanks. than that, I think thanks. most people found the Randall Carlson uh, interview as one of the favorites. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for your feedback, peasant king. I uh, don't really understand what you mean, since Randall, I know he's a, a Mason, but he doesn't seem to be subscribing to the mainstream bullshit, so I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm a bit confused about the corrupted elitist organization. What do you know, shitbag? I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's balance that out, yin and yang, with some good feedback. Okay, you got some, uh, are we calling it uh, spam gram then? Are we going to go into that right now, <clears throat> already, right off the bat? Is that what we're doing? Because I got a thing to do here. Okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Spam <laughs> Graham? You don't say ham. You say spam. Oh, I got it. Neil Davies for the jingle. No, I got a lot of little little things here. Not a lot, a lot of big scam, spams, but... Uh, oh, I should get into what's-his-names. Well... First, first, Holly Denton says... Uh, uh, the episode with uh, Patty Conklin was uh, her all-time favorite. So she says, keep doing what you're doing. But she really likes that one. Um, we've had a lot of uh, positive feedback from Patty Conklin's uh, interview too, actually. But I got the I got a doozy here. This is uh, contact with non-humanoids while tripping. Am I allowed to read this one? Yeah, you fucking right you are. Hey guys, I love the show, and I fancy myself a fancy myself a psychonaut. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
type with a lisp? Or? No, it's me. Sorry. He says he fancies himself a psychonaut shaman of the 21st century. He's from Philadelphia, and he has an interesting story for us and our listeners, and I assure you it's all true. A few years ago, I partook in engaging with the Sears sage known as Salvia. What I saw while enjoying this trip was a visit or a realization of four ethereal be beings I have coined the Watchers. Not for the biblical connotation, but for the fact that I felt they have been there with me all my life and are still around. So here goes the tale, which is short and not a tale tale. I think he meant tall tale. Tall tale. There you go, yeah. doing the verbatim thing again. <clears throat> yeah. I don't want to assume people mean, you know, it's a tricky thing. Anyways, he was in his living room with his roommate, who was observing as he took of the Sears sage. As I inhaled a whole bowl pack of salvia to the face, I was transported to a foggy world where if I looked down was a haze of smoke as if a fog machine was active. I saw four hooded figures to my left, lined as though they could observe me 20 feet away in what was my living room, but was now a smoky plane of the universe. I saw them and then I heard one figure communicate to the rest of the three that he sees us, whereby the hooded figures responded, that is impossible. <laughs> then there was a silent acceptance of my awareness, ambivalent as it was, I suddenly realized I was no longer here, whatever that really means. I at once stood up from my chair and tried to pick objects up I saw beneath the fog, which was two feet high. I grabbed the first strange object and examined it, and it was something just on my living room floor. I wonder what that really was, though. It doesn't say... And then another object, which he dropped instantly. That was his roommate's cat. Darren wouldn't have dropped it. He would have strangled it or something. Yeah, I got a cat, man. The real world was just not real to me at this point. I only perceived it as a falsehood, a lie, a trick to me. I came out of my trip, and since then I felt as though we all live in a world of illusions and half-truths half clouded by our own perception. Wow. He says he loves the show, guys. And Darren, I enjoy how critical you are of certain guys and Graham. And Graham. Even spelt it the way you pronounce it. Graham. Blam. Don't spam Graham as in G-R-A-M. It's G-R-A-H-A-M. And I'm not, I'm not so happy of how critical you are. I would like to Skype one day with you guys on another mushroom trip, and I will take a heroic dose of seven grams. I will also be posting your flyers in Philly, and I plan to contribute to the money bomb. Thank you guys for the show. Challenge accepted. All right. <laughs> yeah so uh i don't know what do you think buddy pretty crazy you want to know what i think yeah challenge accepted <laughs> oh you're considering it a challenge eh no well everything's a challenge i suppose mm -hmm. eating seven grams of mushrooms is a fucking challenge yeah that's a heroic dose all right that one the podcast could actually go to shit <laughs> came close a couple of times last time <laughs> What's next? That's great feedback. And uh, yeah, add us on Skype, Grimerica. It's that easy. And uh, we'll uh, we'll hook up and maybe work out some details down the road. Yeah, well, I've got some feedback I want to read from the website too, just because uh, people can actually leave their comments about specific episodes and stuff like that. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, soon enough, you can sign up to a newsletter that uh, Justin 14 Mind is going to be... Uh, setting up for us yeah big thanks to justin for uh for he kicked in a little to help us uh offset some of our expenses uh, last week so we appreciate that 
So lots of good feedback about Randall Carlson. A lot of people looking forward to his book that has some stuff on the moon. Has to be one of the greatest podcasts, uh, Grand America podcast ever. I love this guy. Thanks guys for doing this. What an utterly mind bending show. Everything from sacred geometry to mass extinctions to the Elohim and more. Wow. That was from GX to music. By Cimarron, he says, fantastic interview with Randall Carlson. He rocks. Guys, great news about a future book, The Moon's Origins. Randall never ceases to amaze in his detailed and open-mindedness. Great stuff. Many thanks. Uh, so forward looking, after, uh, looking forward to his book. Brilliant, brilliant talk. Thanks for hosting this amazing four-hour show. You guys did a wonderful listening interview, and that's a rare art form these days. Way to go, A. Eh? A. Hey, watch it. Where's he from? Is that a Canadian? Is no, that a friendly said, A? Or no, a? he said A question mark, so I have a feeling he's not true Canadian. So is that derogatory? <laughs> and then Pato said, if there was ever a show worth worthy of going three and a half hours, it would be this one. Fucking stoked for his moon book. Beauty. Yeah, so that was that was good. Good to hit. So there was some negative feedback. Somebody didn't like, uh, and I, I don't have it handy, I don't know why, but somebody didn't like how long it went. It was a little onerous, so... I mean, maybe some people have to listen to it on the website, so it's kind of like that, that their computer there, and they're not listening in a handy podcast format. So I can understand how it might get a little long, but if you're podcasting, you can always just pause it and go back to it, eh? Yeah, exactly. That's well. That's kind of why we put in the I put in the music breaks. It's a, a good spot to. Uh, you can always count on one coming up within every you know forty minutes or no, so. Do you put them in that often? Oh, uh, it depends how long the interview is. Yeah. I usually cut it in half. Do you put them in most interviews? Yeah, most interviews I'll give you a halfway point. And oh, that's okay. kind of the reason I do it is because uh, I like on other shows where it, it doesn't have to be a commercial, but it just gives you a little a, a little break and a great place to stop the podcast and restart it later on. Hmm. Speaking Especially of music, when you're going three and a half hours, right? I put one every hour in that one. Right, right. If anybody has any music that they want us to put in, please forward it to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com, G-R-A-H-A-M, because it's always a chore finding music. It's good, though. It's fun, but... Yeah, yeah, send that along. We appreciate that. We, we appreciate the jingles as well, of course. Uh, we did have a couple new countries to add to the hegemony as well. The, uh, the global hegemony movement. We welcome Nigeria. I swear we've done this again. No, already, you say that every time, but you, you're wrong every time. St. Lucia. That's not a country. It's a fucking country. It's a country <laughs> in the Caribbean. It's an island. Yeah, a fucking country island. What part of what country is a part of then? Saint Martin. Saint Martin. That's n- near Saint. That's not near the uh, Lucia. I bet Gibraltar. Not a country. It's a fucking country. <laughs> and Senegal. That's a country. They're all fucking countries. <laughs> They're all countries. Says who? Do your, your, your I map, fucking your decide. YouTube? My map. Exactly. YouTube? YouTube map. Your map, your YouTube map, the troll map, YouTube and Libsyn map. All right. Okay. But either way, both are, um, I trust both of them more than you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wanted to give a shout out to a few people who were kind enough to leave us some reviews. Uh, Chris and Sid from Australia, Dixie 621. Uh, I forget where they're from. I think the States and Corbin 556 from the UK. So yeah, we like to see uh, that. Get over there, give us a review. It's real easy. Just go grimerica.ca slash iTunes and it'll take you right there. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, you can also do it on Podbay too. I don't think the link's quite as easy. I could make it as easy, I guess. But 
But yeah, so I think that brings that we're closing in on 130 on the hegemony now. So we got some steam behind us. Yeah, that's good. So uh, we want to mention uh, the money bomb too. That's uh... oh yeah, we'll be doing a draw. This draw actually, probably you guys will probably get an extra week on the money bomb because of my holidays. So we won't be able to do the draw until I get back on September 5th or something like that. So, and it'll go over for sure with the amount of subscribers we now have, which we want to thank everybody who's been subscribing to. Darren's going to read a list of them next show, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to read a list of our subscribers and keep trying climbing that up. We had a few, uh, few people join last month, so that's always good. And, uh, even if you can't subscribe, you can always go and, uh, do the one time thing as well. And then there's a cost, a couple, also a couple, uh, non-donation required, uh, basically spreading the word, spreading the word, uh, in different formats or anything really. I mean, we, we try and enter if you help us out or send us a jingle, that'll get you in for sure too. And yeah, but yeah, you can check it all out at grandamerica.ca slash money bomb. All the dirty details are right there. Yeah. It's been, it's been costing us a little, a little bit more, obviously with the technical difficulties when I, yeah, and when stuff. I delete so, files, it costs more. So <laughs> when we have to dig up lost episodes, it's, it's uh yeah. So we're, you know, we're still kind of learning here as we go too. So any little bit of money helps, uh, helps keep this thing going. We've got a good thing rolling here and we want to keep it going and we don't want to charge anything extra. We don't want to do extra shows. We don't want to do ads. We want to make it value for value and just, you know, have, uh, have Honor us cover system. our costs with people that listen. So thanks for your uh, subscription once in a while. Yeah. And get a Grand America email. You giving out some emails now. Yeah, exactly. Good. Uh, yeah. The subscription gets you an email. Um, so yeah. Those will run out eventually. Doesn't look like they'll stop doing that. Doesn't look like they'll. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Okay. I'm smacking your leg. <laughs> uh, those will eventually run out. So uh, jump on board now. All right. So All you right. want to talk paradox? Oh, fuck. <clears throat> I want to talk UFOs. All right. It's time for Profoundly. the Graham's Profound UFO Quote of the Week. This is a good one. Army intelligence has recently said that the matter of unidentified aircraft or unidentified aerial phenomena, otherwise known as flying discs, flying saucers, and balls of fire, is considered top secret by intelligence officers of both the Army and the Air Forces. That's in an FBI issue, issued memo on UFOs entitled Protection of Vital Installations, memo sent to the Office of Naval Intelligence and the Office of Special Investigations. What? Go on. That was a good one. A little heavy for the Bigfoot episode, but... I think so. We should, you should have got a Bigfoot... You should have got tried, a Sasquatch or UFO, guys. You I can tried. find one? Yeah, I can find one. Fucking David Wilcox says that shit all the time. I know. I, should, I was trying to find like a, a quote about, hey, I saw a Bigfoot and a UFO, like a president seeing both of them in the same sighting, but nah, couldn't find it. I think I seen something that the... Um, Looks like the Patriots were kind of starting to pick on Wilcock or Wilcox or whatever. Patriots? Yeah. Because he was saying something anti-American. Oh, the Patriots. Like those types of Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Mm. In the radar. That can't be good. Yeah. Oof. That'd be good. <laughs> so who do we got coming up this week? Brian Brown. He has his own podcast, eh? The Bigfoot Show. Yeah. And of course, Justin hooked us up with them. Just in our newsletter guy, our uh, Bigfoot enthusiast, our Sasquatching our Sasquatch expert, resident Sasquatch expert, yeah, and uh, blogger, yeah, he does a lot for us. Yeah, actually. He does. He's and thanks, he donates. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, and he's helped us out on some intros too. 
Oh, we should have. Yeah, he's on actually the with this. this. No, well, he's on this interview. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we should have, but everything's kind of hit and miss lately. It's in. We're into the real fucking busy days of summer, so yeah. it's a it's a, it's a chore to squeeze everything in with camping and baseball and real life. <laughs> yeah, this is more real than everything in some ways. Probably, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we want to mention Paradigm uh, 2014 as well. That's coming up October 2nd and 5th in Minneapolis. Um, fuck, tons of great guests. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be the best one by far. Like you know, Von Danik and Graham Hancock, Richard Dolan, just to name a few. There's some extra special events going on, like a I think there's a haunted ghost uh, tour or something one night, or a psychic thing. There's a couple cool uh, events at night too. So uh, check out uh, our website for a link, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Do we have a link on our website? Yes, there's a link on the website. Okay, good. So yeah, Scotty and uh, John, uh, what happened to me there? I just lost John's name. John, John Ward. Ward. Dr. John Ward. Scotty Roberts and John Ward are putting that on. So yeah, it's uh, go there, buy a ticket. Yeah, we'll be doing some interviews down there, so who knows, we might even... You might even be able to sneak yourself onto the Grammarica show somehow. If you see us in the hallway, come in and say hi. Yeah. We may even have a 3D, no, a 3D, fuck. We were not going to have a 3D printer. No, we might have a VR game to demo with some Oculus Rift goggles. Yes. We might that have that possible. Sweet. Yeah. When's that fucking thing coming in? It's not. I just it's got not. word it's... Uh, Delayed? Yeah, there's still uh, inventory things or something like that. Let me see here. What did he say? He said... Uh, what do you say? Just today you got it? I just said, well, I wanted, I knew you were going to ask, so I'm preparing. I said, order is still pending. They're waiting on inventory. Oh, we might not even get it in time. I wonder where you are on the pecking order. I know. For that shit. Bottom of the barrel, buddy. You think so? I wonder yeah. how they, how they, um, rationalized it. Like, hopefully just first come, first serve. Maybe by country, though. It always seems like those fucks over on the other side of the world get everything first. What's movies that? come out first over What's there that? like australia no it. everything's way back no, no, no you got it all backwards buddy they're comes like, out here first yeah they're way behind well that's good to know yeah they're like a month behind on some things i thought they were ahead no all right agree to disagree okay you fucking just like argue with me don't you sometimes <laughs> nice t-shirt by the way shh shh a grimerica prototype a failed prototype. That's okay. You spelt everything right. You didn't miss a comma, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I think that should pretty much about wrap it up. Of course, we had a great chat with Brian here. We can talk all things Sasquatch. Um, hopefully, in the fall, we'll do another Sasquatch episode. We do. I want to get. I want to talk to that fucking roping guy too. Talk some fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Yes. I'm saying. All right, All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with uh, Brian Brown and, uh, yeah, and Justin, of course, and Graham, uh, the elitist scumbag, Dunlop.
Okay, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight for our second show. We're going to be chatting with uh, Ryan Brown from the Brigfoot Show. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. You want to fire up the recorder there, Joe? Okay, guys, uh, tonight in Grimerica, we're going to finally be doing our much-anticipated Bigfoot episode. Uh, it's funny, we've been going for over a year now, and uh, we haven't talked Bigfoot yet, and we've gotten a, a lot of uh, blowback wow. for that. So, um, finally, it's happening. We're talking with Brian Brown from the Bigfoot Show. Uh, but first, the great Graham Dunlop. How's it going tonight, buddy? Hey, I can see your face just lights up when I go with great. <laughs> yeah, I like the great one. Because it reminds me of Gretzky, you know, my favorite hockey player. So, that sounds a little lame. But, yeah, he was when I was growing up. I cried when he retired. So, anyways, enough about that. We've also got Justin here with us to help out. Uh, he's you know, also 4T in mind. So, hey, Justin. You know, being Canadian, I'm not surprised you cried when Gretzky retired. <laughs> I don't really want to get into that. I kind of regret saying it. But, <laughs> but we've also got uh, Brian Brown here from the Bigfoot Show, and like Darren said, man, this is like this is one of the ones we wanted to start off with right away in, in our podcast. And we just it's been a year, and we haven't even had the Bigfoot Show, so. Now we have the Bigfoot show of the Bigfoot show. Perfect. And Brian Brown founded the Bigfoot forums in like 2002, and that led him to start the Bigfoot Information Project and eventually create the BIP cast or the Bigfoot Information Project cast in yep. 2007. And uh, he launched the Bigfoot show. A couple of years later, joined the North American Wood Ape Conservancy. Conservancy, and uh, he's on the board of directors there. So Brian blogs about non-Bigfooty things <laughs> at Moon Burrito, but we're happy to have him here talking about Bigfoot. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks for ha thanks for having me. I don't even know where to get started. Um, I've been interested in in the Sasquatch for you quite guys a have while, been doing a show for a year and you've never done one about Bigfoot. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, I, know. I don't know how it how it happened. It's kind of close to us, right? Like it's so in our culture now. It, it, I don't know. Where but are you guys? Where are you where are y'all located? We're in uh, Calgary, Alberta, and Justin is uh, Washington. Central Washington. I'm about a nine oh, yeah. hour nine hour drive from the Sasquatch Inn in uh, in uh, I don't remember the little town it's in, but I have a picture of it. We used to drive by. It's near Mission in uh, in British Columbia. Sure, you guys. Oh, Harrison you Lake. See, man, Harrison. you guys are yeah, Harrison. Yeah, you guys are in uh, in uh, a great great spot for this kind of that kind of stuff. That's funny. I was I grew up in uh, in northern Ontario, and uh, in Vermilion Bay, there's this this little nothing town, but they've got a giant Sasquatch uh, Sasquatch statue there. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Actually, there's that's been funny. a few Bigfoot sightings around around Red Lake. Basically, yeah, he's all that. over the place. Yeah, he gets around. It's funny. Uh, one of the earlier conversations I had with someone in my wife's family, once uh, my interest in this topic was uh, exposed, uh, she she asked me. She's like, "How could this one thing? Like she like she looks at me like I'm an idiot. How could this <laughs> one thing be in all those places? I'm like, it's not like the tooth fairy. It's not. It's not, it's like, really, you think Bigfoot is one thing, but yeah, that's actually uh, not an unusual question that you get if you're into this sort of thing. That's funny. Yeah. So, so, uh, man, where do we start? There's so much. So what, okay. What's new, what's new with, with the Bigfoot community and what you're doing? Oh, well, those are two different questions. Um, <laughs> I'm, 
I've so, actually I've, I've been out a couple of weeks this year already um, in the Washita Mountains in Oklahoma, where uh, the NAWAC, the North American Wood Ape Conservancy, uh, has been doing some uh, field research there for for several years now, many years actually. But for the past, uh, this is our fourth year doing long term um, field research, where we'll be there. We'll have someone on site. We'll have teams of people on site uh, for about three months over wow. the summer. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. And so that's that's kind of what I'm uh, wrapped up in right now. Uh, in the Bigfoot world in general, I, you've got all kinds of crazy crap. You know, you've just got uh, all kinds of characters. Melba Ketchum is out there. You've got uh, Todd Standing. Uh, who, another Canadian. Another Canadian, yep. Um, and, uh, of course, Brian Sykes just came out with his DNA study recently, which was uh, something we've been waiting for for a long time. So uh, there's a lot of stuff happening uh, in the world of, of, of Bigfoot. But... Um, yeah, so those are two different things. Like what I do on a, on a regular basis and the people I'm talking to are so far removed from all of that, though, sometimes it feels like it's on a different planet. Right. So, okay, so pardon my naivete to the whole to the whole thing, but it seems to me from what I've heard is there's two kind of camps. Is one is, is like the the strictly crypto camp or, or like that Bigfoot is actually, you know, a possibility, but it's more of a uh, an actual creature and then there's the, also the high strangest kind of camp yeah yeah uh, uh back in the day there's sort of the flesh and blood camp versus the uh you know whatever else uh not flesh and blood some sort of in fact i remember i had a guy a friend of mine i used to work with uh, many years ago i talked about him on the show before uh but he was really into ufos like super into ufos like probably more than anyone i've ever met and he the one time we were we were talking about this he was going to some I don't know, convention or meeting or something. And uh, somehow we got on the topic of, of Bigfoot and he's like, oh, oh, he says, we know all about the Bigfoot. <laughs> and I'm like, you do? <laughs> and it's, yeah, he tried to tell me that Bigfoot was, was alien. And I, I, don't, I don't think Bigfoot's alien. I think he's just, uh, you know, based on, on the experiences that, that I've had personally and, and, and people in the group that I belong to have had, I, he, Bigfoot, you know, wood ape is, as we refer to them, they, they act like... Um, apes they act like like primates uh so I, I to me i think that they're they're uh very stealthy i think they're they're uh, really furtive i think they they uh they know how to stay hidden um but i don't think they're there's anything supernatural about them you know we've as i said we've been going out for for many years now myself uh, i've been going in into these areas in the washita's and have had i believe some up close experiences with with these animals and they never seem to do anything that strikes me as supernatural they're just really really fast and uh and really really smart for an animal and um extraordinarily patient they're so patient they will sit in the same place for a really long time and just wait for you to either move away or do something uh but as i said i don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily uh supernatural about them not that not that we've ever experienced I do understand where that comes from, though. You know, I, and I said this on the show before too. Um, the 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 first time that I'm, I, I believe that I saw these animals, they moved so quickly. They were going up a hill, and they moved so fast and so smoothly. Their 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 motions were so fluid uh, that had I been inclined to think they were supernatural, uh, they, they they looked like just ghosts. They were moving so fast and so smoothly up this hill. And uh, it's funny because another one of our members had a similar experience just the, earlier this summer where one ran in front of her uh, about, uh, I don't know, 40 yards in front of her on, on a trail. And she saw it run um, across this little clearing and then up a, a slope. And she said the same thing. It was just perfectly smooth, um, very, very fluid in its motions. Uh, so 
I, I think that they sort of like when you see them, it happens quickly. I think sometimes they can they can move very very quickly, and um, mm. I, I understand why someone would would walk away from that thinking so you, that maybe there's supernatural powers involved. Yeah. So you don't think they're using their sleeping tiger, hidden dragon uh, abilities? Kind of? <laughs> I, I I don't. I, though I I no I I do think that they're they're ninja like in in the way that they can move <laughs> yeah. around. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. My favorite is the uh, that they're little gray aliens in like a little Bigfoot ro- Bigfoot robot <laughs> suit. Yeah, I love that one. Like yeah. all the little levers. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was a kid watching uh, Bigfoot on on uh, the Six Million Dollar Man, and how I was disappointed that it turned out that he was a, a an alien android. I was <laughs> I was like, really? Uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that says a lot about you know where you ended up with the Bigfoot show. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm yeah. gonna prove that this guy's not a little exactly. alien yeah. android. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> my whole life has been bent towards that mission. I, I remember the six million dollar episode with the. It's funny because I'm into UFOs, and I remember being freaked out by that that episode with the mechanical, <clears throat> kind of mechanical, uh, fucking UFO type thing r- roving around with some weird sound, and like the six million dollar man couldn't fucking penetrated at all and he was getting like his arm cut and there's a saw saw coming yeah. out of the thing and it was like yeah, yeah I, I i was traumatized by that episode yeah i love that show <laughs> so um what else was i going to ask about that one um so the 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 high strangest like i guess you it's kind of cool that you do have an open mind about it and because for me it's like people have these experiences and um it's kind of hard just to swipe them under the rug right but uh, you've had some of your own experiences. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit more about that for, for people that aren't that familiar with Bigfoot? It might well, be quite had, astounding. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of, of, of experiences. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to suck up too much time talking about this, but you know, the, the, the sighting that I had, um, we were uh, in, we, we call it area X, which sounds very, uh, sounds very cool and very ominous, but uh, it's just, that's what we, called it area X cause we had several of them and we named them after letters. But anyway, <laughs> area X is where we go. And, um, a couple of years ago now, I think it was, um, it wasn't last year it was the year before that. Um, we were, there were several of us, uh, there, uh, one evening and, um, to cut a long story short, we were, we, we saw two of them walking along the, the base of this, uh, sort of slope of a mountain that's very close to the cabin in which we stay. And, uh, as soon as I don't think that they knew we were there because, uh, they were, we believe that they are actually sort of hunkered down in these bushes that were out of our view a little bit. Um, and they, they sort of walked out and uh, then we saw them at the same time they saw us. And of course, um, the people I was with, we all sort of like jumped up and, and made a commotion and they took off up this hill. And, and what I saw, there were, there were five of us sitting there one of the guys that were there didn't, didn't see anything at all. And I probably had the the least best view of the people who did see something. But as I said, um, there are these two, two black, uh, animals that, that, that just tore off up the, the side of this mountain, uh, a mountainside that, I mean, I've been up and down that thing so many times and, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's difficult to traverse, but these things were up in, in seconds. I mean, I can't even tell you that I, you know, I've heard lots of reports over the years. People have said, Oh, they're so fast. You can't believe how fast they are. And you go, oh, okay, they're fast. And, and, and what I tell people is no, man, they are fast. They're so fast. Like, like, like I've never seen anything move that quickly, uh, in, in the woods, you're not even deer, not even something like that, you know? Um, and they, they did it with such, again, such fluidity and such uh, sort of grace 
in in motion um so that was uh that was uh the the i think one of the times probably the the time that that we that i saw them and again had, had it just been me i don't know that i would have said for 100 percent that that was a bigfoot sighting but i was with uh three other people who had better views than i did and two of them saw their legs scissoring to one person actually saw them standing there so um that that's what that was uh, I've also, um, I've, I've been very close to them. I believe on occasion, there was uh, one time last year, we were again in this very same place and, uh, we had, uh, had quite an evening, um, interesting evening. We've been doing some call blasting. That's where you have a sort of a, if you've watched finding Bigfoot on TV, you know what call blasting is, but there's a big speaker and you're, you're broadcasting animal sounds out into the forest to try to get some sort of response. Uh-huh. Um, and so we'd been doing that. We've been uh, doing some sort of aggressive uh, uh, calls, trying to get them to do something. Um, and and uh, we decided it was time for bed. And I was walking over towards where my tent was and my truck was parked next to the edge of the woods there. And uh, I sort of turned at the last minute to, to put some stuff down on the tailgate of my truck. And um, as soon as I did that, um, I heard from these bushes, not 10 feet from me, two things. Uh, kind of simultaneously one was the sound of like somebody walking back in the bushes like retreating from me step 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 you know like mm-hmm. big crunching stepping sounds and then this sort of like whispered gibberish it was like um you know in the bigfoot community it's called samurai chatter this sort of oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. vocalization yeah. but it was whispered so it was super creepy and it was like like this kind of thing it was really really weird and uh i had never heard that before um i'm happy to say that at least two other members now um have heard that that very same thing so um i I don't feel like i'm going crazy but um yeah this sort of whispered gibberish sound as it retreated away from me in in the in the woods uh that was that was a pretty close experience i I believe um i had no idea it was there and that's that's one of the reasons why i say they're very patient because that animal must have been sitting there for a really really long time and or it, it crept up so slowly uh, that we had no idea it was there. Um, it was, it was, it was a, a very interesting evening. Um, after or, that, or it came in through a portal. No, I'm just kidding. Or it just, yeah, it, it, uh, it uh, apparated. just materialized itself. Yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, out for dinner the other night. Um, and I met, met a fellow who's going to go on a little Bigfoot hunt, uh, at the end of August, I think just for a few days. And he was yeah. talking about, um, we were talking about the things you do to attract them. And you mentioned call blasting. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we've seen on TV, people hitting uh, trees with sticks, that type of thing. Is there, yeah, is there any other, uh, any other methods that are tried and true? Well, call blasting, you know, call blasting is, is used if you're trying to, you know, it's different. Area X is weird in that, uh, they're, they're there. We have, uh, fairly regular experiences with the animals there. I, I can't tell you why they're there. I mean, I know why they're there in that it's secluded and it's far from civilization and it's a great place for all kinds of animals to hang out. I can't tell you why they don't leave. I can't tell you why they've been there sort of religiously and reliably for the past several years. So it's a little unusual um, in that uh, we believe that they know when we show up and that that they're hanging out to to see us and see what we do. But if you're um, sort of quote unquote traditional uh, bigfooting, you go out into the woods and you call blast because you're trying to get one that isn't right on top of you to respond to think that you're a bigfoot, right? So you you call blast uh, typically something like the Ohio howl. Uh, which is a, a semi-famous uh, vocalization that we believe is 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 a Bigfoot 
call. It's a sound that actually we've heard in X before. We've heard um, animals make this sound uh, without us call blasting it. Mm. Um, but yeah, call blasting is great. My 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 best call blasting experience was actually in in Northern California. Oh, I'm sorry, Central California in the Sierras uh, uh, two summers ago. Oh, maybe it was last year. Um, and we were call blasting the the Ohio howl, and we got a return followed with this really angry kind of like um gibberish sound at the end of it uh it was whatever it was sounded really pissed off <laughs> but so that's that's kind of cool uh the wood knocking thing yeah that that's that's something that 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 i've heard and that we've experienced and if you're lucky sometimes you'll do a wood knock and they'll reply you'll get a knock back and um it's our opinion our belief that that these knocks are, are being um done by 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 bigfoot by other wood apes um, in fact, uh, several years ago now, I, I had an experience in, uh, near Skookum Meadow in Washington, um, in the Gifford Pin Show where, uh, we were doing some, some wood knocking and we had sort of this back and forth thing going, uh, for several minutes. Um, no idea what it was, but it sounded like something banging on something. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, if you, again, you go through the list of all the animals that, that live there, um, probably not a bear, you know, bears don't typically do that they don't have thumbs and arms they're not going to like hold a stick and beat it against a tree or whatever um so yeah uh it, that, maybe it was justin <laughs> it could have been a bigfoot researcher i was going to say it absolutely could be another bigfoot researcher that's it's funny i don't know if you listen to the last show um, i did that's why i mentioned yeah. it <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's something we have to be really worried about nowadays um especially if you go like like man um skookum meadow is just like I think really played out from a Bigfoot research standpoint. It seems like a lot of people go to Skookum Meadow, so you have to be really careful when you're there. Well, you um, got the Skookum cast from there, so it's a pretty popular right. site. It is, and it's really easy to get to. It's a, this beautiful forest road goes right to it. You can go yeah. right to where, yeah, and the Skookum cast was cast like right there on the side of this like gorgeous forest road, so it's the simplest thing. Like any car can get there. Um, and it's, so, it's a great place to camp, too. Do you think, so do you think he was whispering to you? Or do you think he was you know, trying I to think warn he was someone whispering, else? You know, I, I think that, um, you know, in the research I've done, uh, um, these primates, apes and gorillas, have a hard time controlling their vocalizations. And it's uh, tied to their emotions. In fact, there's um, a great uh, anecdote in the research of um, some research they were doing with, with, I believe it was chimps. And they were... They were um, testing sort of like giving some chimps retreats but not others and seeing how they reacted to that and this this one animal uh when it got a treat it it would it would make a vocalization it would exclaim um it would make a sound and that would alert all the other chimps that treats were being given and they'd all run over so um and then she wouldn't get her treat so in this particular case she actually would put her hand over her mouth so that when she made her sound they wouldn't hear it she couldn't not make the sound right she couldn't keep herself from doing it um, so I think what it was, was a, just a, a, an emotional vocalization that it had a hard time controlling. I don't think it was, you know, quote unquote, talking to me. I don't think necessarily that I was the, the, the intended target of that. Um, you know, when we have heard that vocalization in the past, um, it just, it, I don't know. I, 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 think it's, I think it's in response to feeling threatened. I think it's in response to being surprised. I think this particular animal was surprised that I, I turned toward it and started walking toward it like that. I don't think it was expecting that at all. Um, so I, th I think in that particular case, it was a sort of an emotional display. It's just a Bigfoot curse. He's like, fuck, he's seen me. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> 
And actually, I had no idea. If it hadn't moved, I would have had no idea it was there. That's the crazy thing. So he kind of blew it himself. What would you say that the what you heard sounded like the Sierra sounds? Oh yeah, yeah, that first Sierra sound disc, not the not the second one. The second one sounds entirely different from the first. But, but, but yeah. it was more of a whisper. Yeah, it was a whispered version of that. In fact, we've got a recording. The NAWAC has a recording of some vocalizations that we captured uh, there in X that um, sound, to me anyway, and to a lot of other people, very much like that first Sierra Sounds disc. Uh, so much so that that I used to put the Sierra Sounds disc in sort of like this, I don't know what the hell that is kind of box in my mind. Um, but after I heard the recording that, that we captured and, um, you know, other people have heard this, uh, in our group in that area, I, I, I believe that first Sierra sounds just to be genuine. I don't know about the second one. The second one sounds completely different to me. Like, but, like they uh, caught the first one they decide, Hey, let's, uh, let's just, yeah, it's going exactly. I, I don't know. But, but if, if you listen to the two back to back, it's, it's like the Bigfoot learned a whole new language or something. It's, yeah. It's, well, it's, the, a lot of people describe what they hear to sound a lot like the Sierra sounds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, it's, it's really, really close. In fact, there's a, there's a sound that it, it makes, um, sort of like this, uh, kind of sound. I was hoping that, you would do an imitation of it. There you go. That's, 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 <laughs> that's my imitation. But, it, but actually I, I do it with a, like a, a paper towel tube, you know, and if you, if you like make this sound into the end of a paper towel tube, it sounds just like what we recorded and it's really sort of resonant. It's kind of a cool way to do it. Um, but it's like this, this blah kind of like, he's getting ready to make a really, he's going to yell or something. Um, we recorded that exact sound and it, you can hear the exact same sound on the Sierra sounds. Um, so I think that it's, I, I mean, again, based on my experience, that would mean that the first Sierra sound disc is either authentic or created by someone who knows what they sound like, because that's what we heard. So you're saying next time I go squatch and bring a paper towel tube. Oh yeah. 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 In fact, I've, I've or just called like in general. Yeah. <laughs> I've called blasted the, the Sierra sounds before. And, uh, uh, that, that sort of what they refer to as like the, the, the old man on the disc, you know, the, the big male, um, I've gotten some, some, uh, not, not return calls. I haven't heard anybody, um, some hits. Yeah. But I've had, I've had like, you know, interaction. I've had, uh, what I believe to be uh wood ape interaction after calling that. Yeah. How many places have, have you, uh, have you, have you gone exploring? Um, I'm looking for Bigfoot. Uh, I've been in the big thicket part of East Texas, which is, um, a, um, uh, uh, sort of a wilderness area um, in East Texas. Uh, I've been obviously to the Washita's many times now. Um, Northern, I've been in different parts of California, Northern California, Central California, um, uh, South, South, South Washington State, where around Skookum Meadow, also the Olympic Peninsula, um, and uh, of course, Minnesota, where I live, Northern Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota, we go there, we're going there for the Paradigm Symposium in October. Oh yeah, where's that? Is that Minneapolis or where's that? Uh, I can't remember. When I went, it was at the the Hilton, I think, wasn't it? The Hilton in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, October is a beautiful time to be in Minneapolis. <laughs> a little cold. It's, it's not quite frozen yet. Uh, sometimes it hasn't snowed. <laughs> You're from an igloo. It couldn't have been that cold. <laughs> That's true. 
Seriously, I can't believe people in Canada are giving me crap about it. <laughs> we drove 22 hours or some shit. Oh. Holy smokes. Yeah, you drove? We, yeah, drove? we drove the first time. That's not going to happen again. <laughs> I'll, I'll pitch in gas if you decide. We just do well, a 24-hour detour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you. I'll meet you. I'll meet you up at uh, Lake Ogopogo. Yeah, sweet. 12-hour detour. Yeah. So, uh... So I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this thing being a wood ape. So do you call it a wood ape now instead of a Bigfoot officially or? Well, that's the term that, that, that we use. Bigfoot, if you, if you go back to the history of the word, the term Bigfoot, uh, it referred to a specific animal near Bluff Creek right. uh, in, 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 Northern, in Northern California there. So it, it was just sort of adopted as the name of the animal in general. And, you know, I, I've never really liked the word. It's, 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 um, you it's know, hard I to like- pluralize. It's hard to pluralize, and that's quite controversial Big within feet. the community. <laughs> Bigfoots, big, big feet. feet. It's Sasquatl. Oh. We all know where we're going. Sus- oh, yeah, Sasquatl. Sasquatl. <laughs> yeah, Sasquatl is, is our, of course, our preferred term on the Bigfoot show. Uh, but and yeah, so in, so we we've 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 sort of moved away from the word Bigfoot because we we don't think it's we think it's uh, you know again it's tied to that one animal and, and it's got a lot of baggage culturally. You know, I don't think it's taken seriously. We 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 in the in the NAWAC uh, would like to be taken seriously. We think we're doing um serious work so so we 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 just wanted to come up with a, a more descriptive name for the thing we we believe that they're apes uh based on their behavior uh based on everything they do um they it seems clearly that they're primates um and they live in the woods so for for the time being it seems to be a um you know a, a less it, it it's less jokey than bigfoot you know you got a lot of people roll their eyes at, at, at bigfoot you can say wood ape and they have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> so it's also yeah, a little yeah stuff. well you kind of see the same thing in the ufo communities moving away from ufo to right. aerial phenomena or you right. know because it's totally tainted totally. from yeah a couple days yeah. decades of, of ridicule yeah the media you know culture takes a, a a term and and they they sort of spin it to mean something and uh if if you know, you have a, if you care about your, you know, the, the way people treat you, um, you, that, that can be difficult to deal with. And I think that Bigfoot as a word is just tainted. And, uh, so a couple of years ago we, we decided to remove the, 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 the term from the name of our organization, uh, because, uh, we just, we didn't think it was a serious word and we wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah, and, and I hope you don't take our joke around on the show to be not at all. No, with, no, no, no. Uh, uh, it's still the big show. I, go, I, <laughs> no, I use I use the words interchangeably, and uh, I don't even really think about it. So yeah. No, right. I, yeah. yeah so um, speaking of it being uh, an actual uh, like ape or um, primate, yeah. So just avoiding avoiding you know kind of uh, human contact for the most part. Um, Joe here in the, in the studio had a question of whether they're smart enough to to start avoiding uh hotspot areas and stuff like that have you seen have you seen the phenomena traverse around a little bit uh slightly ahead of uh the hunters yeah you know we we used to think um in the group based based on experience that we'd had based on uh on on uh encounter reports that we had received in the NAWAC we used to think that they were um somewhat nomadic that they would inhabit an area for a little while uh, and they would move on and uh, why they moved on. Don't know. Um, but, you know, Alton Higgins, who's our, our the chairman of our organization has been, you know, investigating uh, this phenomenon for uh, man, 15, 20 years, I suppose. Um, 
based on some experiences he had had working some cases for a while, that, that was the, the opinion that we had. But now that we've been in, in uh, this area we call Area X in the Washtenaw Mountains in Oklahoma, uh, the animals there seem to have been there and have not left for a while. These animals are not nomadic. They appear to be permanently situated in, in this area. So I think it's entirely possible that as a, as a smart primate, as uh, um, an animal that um, I think the, the common perception is that they are trying to avoid people. But again, our experience in X is that they, they don't necessarily want to be seen. But again, if they wanted to avoid us, they could just go like one valley over. We'd never see them again because it's very difficult trying to, to, to get, to get through. It would be very easy for these animals um, with their mobility and, and their abilities to get away from us. Uh, but they choose not to. And I, I can't tell you why that is, but, but that's, that's what it is. Um, so I, th- I think it's complicated. I think that in some cases, you know, if you look at gorillas, uh, gorillas live in these groups. Um, they're usually centered around this, you know, big male. Um, other males are in the group, but they have to be sort of subservient mm-hmm. to the big male. Um, and that includes like, you don't get any women, right? These are all my women. You don't get any women. And at some point the group might splinter off, you know, a male might leave and take a few chicks with him or whatever, uh, or the, or the males just might be sort of cast out. And then they, the males themselves will start to form groups together where it's just a bunch of bachelors and they will hang out together for a while until one of them picks up some women or whatever. So, you know, it's this really sort of complicated social structure among gorillas. It's entirely possible that, that Bigfoot wood apes have, have a similar type of complicated social structure in that there's a, uh, some sort of family group or pod. Um, and then, uh, again, we don't know nearly enough to say for certain that this is true, but it could be that, that, that individuals like large males or, or, or up-and-coming males have to leave uh, they're thrown out. That would explain a lot of sort of the solo sightings because um, uh, an awful lot of human, you know, a lot of the encounter reports that we get are of single animals, individual animals in weird places. Um, those animals could be looking for a place to settle down. They could be looking for, you know, uh, members of the opposite sex, uh, all kinds of things. Again, if you're, if you apply this sort of gorilla template, uh, to, to wood apes, it, it may not be a perfect analogy, but I, I think that it would be difficult if, if you couldn't study a gorilla the, the way that we can, it would be difficult, I think, to always figure out what was going on there. Because sometimes you see one all by himself. Sometimes you see two or three males by themselves. Sometimes you see like a big male and a bunch of other animals around him. Um, and I think, you know, our perspective of, of what Bigfoot are and how they live is, is really fractured and not super clear. So um, I, I do think that they tend to want to avoid detection. Um, I think that they're sort of naturally furtive and, and, and like to sort of hide, quote unquote. But I don't think they necessarily avoid people. I think that they understand that there's something, you know, they have adva- there's advantages to, to being around people. There's food. Um, there's all kinds of maybe, maybe, and I, I actually believe that they hang around us in X because they like to watch us because I think that we're interesting. You know, they're, they're primates. They've got really big brains, relatively speaking. They might just be bored and we might be entertaining. I have no idea. Maybe he's a think, Bigfoot uh, that's on, he's out human hunting. He could be. Could yeah. Be. Do you think he has hit, they, they have their own trail cams just snapping pictures <laughs> of you guys or. Yeah. 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 That's what the, the birds, they're actually birds. <laughs> So then this this phenomenon is all over the world. So do you, do you think that same sort of thing is is happening like different sort of pods different, of different races. tribes yeah. different races of uh 
Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting, isn't it? You know, the, there's the Yaren in China um, that has a lot of similarities to uh, to, to to the North American uh, Bigfoot. Um, there's the uh, Almus in Russia. There's the Yowie in Australia. Wow. Uh, they don't uh, the Almus in Russia in in the in the Caucasus um, is is probably the closest. If you li- if you hear descriptions of this animal, it's the closest to the way that we describe Sasquatch. It's big. It's much bigger. It's bigger right. than than a yaoi it's bigger than than uh than a yaren um i think what's possible is that you have these relic hominid species um you know it was very exciting for those of us in in this community who have this interest uh when the uh when the you know quote unquote hobbit people uh were discovered because they lived relatively you know recently in 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 the history of the world so it sort of opened up this idea that you know maybe there are still or have been in the recent past other hominid species, uh, other sort of like bipedal primate species uh, living uh, in, in and amongst us. So it's entirely possible. And I, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't, I know just enough to be dangerous about some of these sort of like world Bigfoots. Um, I, so I, I can't really say uh, with any, you know, um, sense of, of authority that I know for a fact that urine are real or that, that Almas are real. But what I do know is that they sound sort of Bigfooty, especially the, the Almas. Um, I, I wouldn't rule them out. Um, not a big fan of the Yeti. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that the Yeti is, is not actual, uh, not actually real. Uh, but that's just, uh, again, polar I can, bear. it's a, yeah, it's a polar bear. It's, it's, I think that it's, it's probably often a misidentified, uh, bear, but again, I, I'm, I, I just, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I just don't know enough about it. I, I have so much. There's so much in North America to, you know, absorb my interest that it's, it's, uh, it's really, I don't have enough time <laughs> to, to spend learning about. Um, have you ever stuff. noticed the stink? The stink oh, yeah. People talk totally about? right. In fact, my, my story around that is uh, in, in St. Paul here, there's a zoo and they have a primate uh, exhibit and uh, they've recently redone it. It's a new primate exhibit and they have a bunch of gorillas and uh, the gorillas come outside and you can get really close to these gorillas. And uh, one day we were there with the family and this gorilla was sort of walking this big sort of circular enclosure and he was coming around the bend and the wind was from behind him. And I got hit with the smell of this gorilla. And it's the first time I've ever really like smelled a gorilla, right? Because I'm not typically hanging out with gorillas. And like, as soon as I smelled this, like the hair on the back of my neck just stood up because I had smelled that smell before I'd smelled it in the Washita's I'd smelled it out in the forest, that exact same smell. And, um, it's interesting. Uh, recently, actually, uh, there was some research that was, that was published. I posted it to our Facebook page on on the Bigfoot show Facebook page about how, um, primates, uh, gorillas actually use, um, scent in communication. Uh, the, they actually use signal. They, they signal, they use, they use odors to signal one another. And they can actually control how this this odor gets gets uh, deployed, and that was something that I I mean when I was growing up hearing about Bigfoot, that was one of the things I ever heard that they just stank, right? And my assumption was they stank because they were covered in fur and they lived in the woods and they didn't take baths, right? They were just big, big dirty animals. Uh, but what I think is the case is is that this odor comes out of them uh, situationally, mm. you know. And and if you read this this article, it was in ScienceDaily.com is where I, where I found the link. Um, sometimes they're they're doing it to uh sort of like make a display it's sort of a an olfactory display that like you know i'm the guy in charge here so don't screw with me um but they don't always do it they seem to actually have control over when 
um, and how they use this smell. So it's it's possible that there's some sort of glandular thing involved with this. That it isn't just because they're a big you know walking carpet uh, to steal Princess Leia's line. That that they're they actually have some sort of like um, olfactory um, form of communication that that again has been has been described in gorillas. The more you learn about primates in general, the more you learn about gorillas and chimps and orangutans, uh, the more parallels you see to the behavior of of Bigfoot. Um, there's, there's all kinds of examples of, of parallel behavior there. And it, ne- it just it never ceases to amaze me that the, the more I learned about gorillas and, and chimps, especially, uh, the more I seem to learn about Bigfoot. Can you give us an idea of, of the amount of, uh, sightings that get reported? Like the amount of people that, like, I, I, I'm not sure how it compares to like stuff like UFOs or whatever, or other types of things. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, how much, like uh, relatively speaking, I suppose people have much like, I would guess that you have a, like there's more people able to see a UFO. UFOs are up in the sky, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I, but that's a really good question. I don't know what the, but like, is. is it a constant, like, is there, is there sort of reports coming in sort of constantly? Or? Yeah. You know, um, there's uh, the, the BFRO is probably the biggest website for this uh-huh. sort of thing. Uh-huh. And my, my understanding is they get reports all of the time. Huh. Um, uh, on the, the NAWAC website, we're getting reports from generally the four state region of Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And we get reports on a regular basis. Um, I'm not going to say that we get one every single week, but we, we get them fairly regularly. If you look on our website, I think we have 200 and some uh, that we've published publicly, uh-huh. uh, uh, reports that we've investigated over the years. Um, the BFRO has, I believe, thousands, and uh, they come in, like I said, all of the time. This is one of those things that kind of bugs me because they well, if Bigfoot was real, like we would know. Like, well, how would we know? L- literally, thousands of people have seen these things, right? Yeah, literally, yeah. thousands of people. So, what else do you? I mean, I understand that from a scientific standpoint, you cannot establish this animal without like hard evidence. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. But this idea that, well, like, well, if we, if they were there, people would. Well, people have already people, thousands and thousands of people have had experiences with the, and it isn't just like from the fifties on there's, there's historical accounts in the media of, of, of Bigfoot encounters or encounters with animals that seem an awful lot like Bigfoot going as far back as there is published media in North America. Uh, Native Americans have many accounts. It's part of their culture as well. Um, the Yokuts tribe in, in, in the Sierras are a really interesting example of that because this is a, this is a group of, of Native Americans that in their in their creation stories, in their culture, they only have animals that are real and exist around them. And that includes Bigfoot. So they have, you know, the fox and the wolf and, and the, the hawk and the eagle and all those sorts of things. And they have Bigfoot in there as well. They don't have Thunderbirds. They don't have anything else like that. In their particular culture, they only have animals that they could actually see around them. Mm. Um, so again, if you want to count that, then there's there's evidence of, of people having experiences with this animal going back thousands of years in, in North America. So it, it's, it's just one of those things like, well, what we don't have at this point is we don't have that hard piece of physical evidence that clearly establishes the animal to be real, but thousands and thousands of people, myself included, will tell you, I don't personally need that because I've had experiences that tell me they're real.
I totally agree with you. You can't just discount everybody's experience. People aren't just making shit up all the time and they're not just crazy and they're not just hallucinating. I, right. I totally agree with you. It's just, it's, it's, the, it, it's the case that some people are like some people. Yeah. Are yeah. Of course. Yeah. And some people yeah. are, some people are being, you know, overly enthusiastic and they're seeing a bear or a deer and in, in their mind. Yeah, exactly. But if the more, it, once you start having these, these conversations with witnesses, the people who've seen these things and you start listening to their stories and you get to know these people, it exactly. becomes harder and harder to just dismiss it. And I'm sure it's exactly the same when it comes to a phenomenon like UFO Yeah, uh, in, yeah. In, in that, like you, you can't just write them all off and to do so is just so, uh, sort of of mentally lazy. It's so like, like to just sort of like dismiss all um, you know accounts of of personal experiences as anecdotes and therefore useless. So I don't have to yeah, pay exactly. the stuff off. It's just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, that's that's like sort of the fundamental building blocks of science: yeah. observation, experience. That's yeah, how it yeah. works. Yeah. Good. Well. Well said. Yeah. Huh. Do we? Do you have any uh, anything, Justin, to add to that? Um. I was wondering if you, uh, if you or your anyone, uh, the NWAC has any recent sightings of Old Gray. Oh, the gray one. Yeah. Yeah. So Old Gray is uh, um, maybe one animal, uh, maybe who knows, multiple animals. But we've had several um, uh, encounters with a large gray animal, and we've sort of shorthand of sort of to call him Old Gray, him or her. Actually, we don't really know what the gender of this thing is. So. Um, I'm trying to remember if we've had any uh, sort of clear encounters with the with the gray one this year, and nothing comes to mind. We've seen sort of flashes of gray. Um, in fact, I had a very very brief sort of flash of motion. Uh, I was down by the creek uh, near where we where we operate, and uh, sort of in some thick stuff, and something moved, and it was big and it was gray. But I'm not going to say it was all gray. Um, so this year, I'm I'm not going to say that specifically we have, but. Um, you know, we've had enough experiences with this gray animal um, to, to the, I think it's at least one. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting you bring up the gray one. What I find sort of fascinating about this is, um, you know, the morphology of the animal, the shape of the animal. Everyone's familiar with the Patterson-Gimlin film. I didn't want to bring up the BGF, but if, you're, yeah, if yeah. you insist. Well, well, I bring it up. I bring it up as an example. Old gray. Uh, based on the, the 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 people who have seen it in our group, looks like Patty, but bigger. You know, sort of that same body shape, big and thick all the way down to the ground. Just a big, dense sort of, you know, not fat, but like just a big animal. On the other husky. hand. Husky. Yeah, husky. Big boned. Big boned. Um on the other hand, we we've the the animals that that were seen um in the, you know, when I had my my sighting. Uh, those people who had a better view of them, they were sort of smaller and thinner. Um, we've had uh, another encounter with with uh, a sort of a large black animal that's much more V-shaped, much more muscular looking, you know, sort of classically V-shaped, uh, sort of a narrow waist and a broad shoulder. Um, so there, there definitely seems to be some sort of difference from animal to animal. It isn't the case that they all look alike, you know, and that's part of the problem that we have down there is a lot of people have in their head, the Patterson Gimlin film. In fact, um, a friend of mine in the group, Paul, his name is, is Paul. And he had a sighting um, last year where he 
saw one, he saw a, a, a wood ape in the, in, in the woods walking along and he thought it was a person because it didn't look like Patty. It wasn't big and fat and broad. Um, it was sort of tall and thinner looking and he thought it was a guy. Uh, it turns out there was no guy there. It was, and it was all one color. And in fact, he thought it was a specific person that who wasn't where he saw this thing walking. Um, and the person he thought it was, wasn't wearing, you know, brown from head to toe. And it's one of, I mean, he, he, he accepts that, that what apes are real. He knows that they're there. And then he sees this brown thing, this like all uniform reddish brown, tall, upright thing walking on two feet and his brain automatically assumes that that's a person. You know, it's like, I don't even know how many sightings people have had over the years where they just, their brain tells them it's a person. So they don't even, they don't even think about Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Um, but that was an example of, of how, uh, that preconceived notion of, of what these things look like probably worked against, uh, that particular investigator. So it's, it's kind of like the reverse of, of seeing a bear and thinking Sasquatch, you see a Sasquatch and think, think person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if it doesn't look like Patty, um, and I don't think they all do, uh, I, I, you know, and, and, you know, we, I, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show or not, but you know, your brain, your brain processes stuff all the time. It's getting all this information all the time. And if you're out in the woods and you see something on two feet walking through the forest and you're not getting a real clear view of it, your brain's going to say, okay, well, that's a person because I know what people look like. Um, but I, I think in this particular case, he, he thought it was a person. It was a little puzzling to him. It wasn't where he thought there was a person. And then the person he thought it was actually walked up behind him from the opposite direction. <laughs> so that was kind of like, he's like, whoa, what the hell? Cause I thought you were over there and it turns out you were behind me. And anyway, yeah. Some people Didn't might he say, have oh, a, oh, go ahead. some people might say he's able to, uh, kind of like psychically trick you, make you believe some, it's a person. Some people would say that. Yes, some people would say that. I, I don't, again, I think that your brain, I think your brain works against you in some cases. You know, I think your brain is trying to, uh, is, is trying to put like, you know, it gets information and it is because it was round, round peg, round hole, square peg, square hole, you know, rectangular, you know, triangular peg. Oh, wait, where do I put that? And, you know, for me personally, when I saw the things run up the hill, uh, that's what I felt like. I felt like my brain was seeing something that it, it didn't know what to do with. And, and, Again, I'm someone who I, I did not doubt that these animals were real when I was there. In fact, I expected them to be there. I, I went there to see them. And then when I did, my brain didn't know what to do with it. It was like I felt like there was this sort of just cognitive dissidence when I was seeing this thing that I had never seen before. Um, it was it was weird. It was a weird experience. Didn't your friend Paul have a rifle on him? Uh, when yes, he, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, he had a rifle and he knows how to use it. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's he's also one of these guys who's always given uh, other guys in our group crap for for being in that situation. So I was glad that he was able to uh, to experience it himself. But yeah, he had a rifle. You know, it, it's it's one of the uh, the intentions of the group to collect hard physical evidence uh, that wood apes are real, that Bigfoot is real, and uh, that's probably going to be in the force in in the I'm sorry in the uh, in the the form. Of, of of a specimen you know biology that's the way biologists work science needs a holotype um and most of the time almost all of the time uh that's in the form of a of a, of a holotype of a type specimen of, of, a, of an animal of a body and uh so we're there uh attempting to collect uh definitive proof we wow. don't want more, we don't want any more evidence we, wow there's, there's, I agree. Lots, there's lots of evidence out there. Oh, I, I, I don't agree. know i can't 100%. i don't think i can 
See, that's why I brought it up because I knew Graham take was the shot. Graham. How did you know that, Justin? Oh. Because Darren told me. He oh. said he was pro kill. <laughs> you got set up. And, I got uh, set up, man. He, he yeah. said uh, said you were not pro kill. So I figured I'd try to sway the conversation in that direction. Oh, thanks, successful. Justin. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know, man. It's it's just if it's smart enough to avoid contact this whole time and all, I I just have a hard time just pulling the trigger and killing the thing, but. I think that people are you know, smart enough to build all kinds of shit and we kill millions of them every year. What? What's wrong with one Sasquatch? <laughs> Just one. You know, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like it's not a, a sort of philosophical or moral question. Right. I mean, clearly killing an animal um, in the name of science uh, in this, the way the way that I look at this, the, maybe you the could way, eat most of them, and then it would. Well, that's what we, yeah, okay. that's what my, my co-host Scott Harry. That's what he says. If you if you eat the animal, then, no, no, then no. go ahead and kill it. I think what it is is when I hear the stories about people that were gonna shoot it and they look at it and it just right. feels too human. Like it's right. it's just you know lots of stories like that. You know they 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 or I've also heard the account uh, when I was in uh, uh, Willow Creek in California in 2003. There was a, a guy. Uh, told the story at the uh, at the international symposium there about how he was out hunting one day and he shot one from behind thinking it was an animal that he had a tag to shoot. I don't remember what he thought it was, if he thought it was a bear or what he thought it was, but he thought it was an animal he was allowed to shoot. He shot it, went over to it and saw that it was, you know, this, um, you know, what he thought human-like looking thing and it freaked him out and he took off. He just left it there because he thought that he had killed someone even though it was a big hairy animal and, and not you know, a person. I, I think that, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's an easy decision, but if, if, you know, the, the purpose of the group, the, the mission of the group is it's a conservancy group. We're trying to protect the animal. We're trying to protect its habitat. And at this point in time, they're not real. They're not being protected. Um, and their only time they're going to be protected is, is when they're established as real. I'm not saying the only way to do it is by a body. I think that the, that having, a, a physical specimen is the most efficient way of doing it. It will, it will, once you have that, um, there are few questions after that. It is done. It is. A I done think deal. I say it's the only way. Can you do poison <laughs> darts or just like tra- uh, tranquilize it or something? I mean, wouldn't that be the way to do it? Yeah, we get that question. Uh, that question's come up quite a 45 bit. 45 caliber poison dart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's lead poisoning. No, no. Um, uh, I don't want to make light of it because it is a serious question. The, the, the it, it, usually when when uh, when darts are used, uh, tranquilizer, it, it's usually done in a contained environment. Um, but it's it's a, it's a tricky thing in that you have to have specialized equipment. Obviously, you know the the right kind of gun that shoots darts. You have to have the darts. You have to have the medic the medicine. The 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 actual drugs are not things that like you or I could just walk in off the street and purchase anyway. So you have to have access to those things. You have to have a, a dosage for the animal you're you're using them on. If you don't send enough in the dart, then the animal just runs away and sort of gets woozy and a headache and, and nothing happens. Uh, if you send too much, the, the animal might still run away to a point where you don't know where it is and then drop dead. And then, you know, that's the worst case scenario because you've lost your specimen and you killed one and, you know, nothing comes of it. So uh, you've also got issues with range and accuracy when it comes to, to darts. We have looked into it. It is, it is absolutely something that we've, we've investigated. Uh, just like logistically though and with the limited resources that we have it's not really an option yeah i, I, I understand that yeah yeah and i understand that i understand the uh the the noble intention behind it so yeah yeah i, I mean I'm, i don't i don't pretend that it's a simple 
Yeah. It's not an open and shut case, but I, you know, the, the, the way I think about it, the way that I think most people in, in, in the group that I belong to think about it is that, that this one animal will be sacrificed to protect and save the rest of them. Because at this point, nothing is being done to, to they're, they're not being studied in any yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Their, their, their habitat. I mean, the, where we do our research, there's all kinds of logging going on where we do our research now. Uh, we have no idea how, what kind of stress that's putting on the animals. We have no idea what that means to, to the environment there. Um, so until they're real, you know, they're nothing. We might as well be talking about unicorns. Yeah, well, I'd say most of the people that are complaining are probably eating cheeseburgers and bacon. And, <laughs> I mean, who says that even a, a cow is any higher of a, a being than a, a broccoli plant, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, I got a garden now. <clears throat> yeah. they're, they're, they've, they've reached a higher level of consciousness though. you think so yeah. <laughs> maybe plants are higher than us Yeah. speaking of that we gotta have that uh, that person on that talks about the plants singing they've hooked them up to some some instruments no we shouldn't go there so um, so <laughs> <laughs> not yet anyways now I'm gonna feel guilty having my salad yeah well that's what they're saying <laughs> it's like he's, you basically can't eat anything anymore because it's all living so it's all conscious Soil and green. I'm just gonna have soil and green. Oh yeah, it's okay if you eat it. That's why you gotta eat the Bigfoot burger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. I'll slice the steak out of it before we take it. So you guys, I Justin, you're kind of hawing and hawing when didn't want to talk about the the Patterson Gimlin film. Is that like what? What are your thoughts? Uh, Well, well, on the Bigfoot show, there's quite a big debate. But I guess Scott's not here. Scott's not uh, here, so not. The PGF is one of these things that, man, I mean, everybody talks about it. We've been PGF, talking about it for, I love that. Yeah. yeah. The PGF. Yeah. We might uh, want to boycott that then. I don't know. We've been talking about it for decades, man. It's one of well, those things that you either believe it or you don't at this point. Well, you know, uh, I know how you feel about MK Davis as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I, I don't know if you, if you've seen <laughs> the, the new, uh, cleanup version of, uh, Patty that he just released like last week. It's supposed to be the clearest version of it so far. Have you seen it? I don't know that I have. I posted something to our Facebook page uh, recently, a really clear um, stabilization of, of the, of the Patterson Gimlin subject um, or Patty. Uh, I don't know if that was MK's work or not, but it, it's a, it's a really beautiful, well-stabilized, uh, you know, animation of the, th- of the thing walking. If you look closely, you, you can, uh, you can even make out the massacred bodies of Sasquatch. All oh yeah. Yeah. The p- piles of dead Bigfoot everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Um, actually, I just, can recently, you see the pools of blood? Can you see the, I can see the pools of blood. I can see the leprechauns <laughs> as well. They're in there. Uh, actually I recently just worked with, uh, with a guy and, uh, he said he was out hiking up, uh, in Leavenworth. And, uh, I asked him if he, you know, offhandedly, if he'd seen Sasquatch. He said, you know, it's funny you mentioned that my, uh, my neighbor's brother took the first picture of Bigfoot and I had a pause and I say, you know, like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, he, he took the, he took the film. Uh, you, you've seen it. I'm like, are you talking about the Patterson Gimlin film? He's like, yeah, he took it. I'm like, well, well, Patterson, the one who actually took it passed away. I'm like, are you talking about Bob Gimlin? He goes, yeah, that's his brother. His neighbor's uh, brother's Bob Gimlin. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he claims at least. That's cool. And, uh, he's like, why do you want to know? I'm like, well, you know, if, if he had a, like a first or second or second generation patty cast, that'd be awesome, you know, to, to get a copy of it. Yeah. And, um, uh, he's like, why do you want to know? I'm like, well, you know, I, I blog for this podcast and whatnot. He goes, well, maybe I'll try to get him to do an interview with you. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Set that up. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'll talk to him about it. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen at all. No, I don't think Bob will do any more interviews. Well, that's what I told him. Um, last, We're passive last, uh, aggressive here at Gravarco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know. Um, I'm Wait, good that friends. wasn't, I didn't say that right, I don't think. Passive aggressive? I don't think that's. No, you you're probably not. No. Are you aggressively passive? No, we're we're just openly aggressive here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, uh, I I have uh, a good friend who is friends with Bob and actually um, you know, speaks to him on a fairly regular basis. And and he he uh Bob is is just not doing interviews at this point in his life. He's just like he's done with that. And well, I don't yeah, believe- the last public thing I th- I think I saw him on was uh, Finding Bigfoot. Other than that, he just yeah. does the the Friends of Bob Gimlin's Bigfoot Roundup. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't think, and I don't think he would have done Finding Bigfoot had him in for Bobo. You know, I think yeah. he's yeah. he's he's good friends with Bobo, and and uh, and so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy, though. I've met him a couple of times. He's a, he's just a he's a real charming guy. He's a, he's a, so he's, I hear. So I yeah. hear. He's, he's hard not to, not to like, he's just very genuine. And, uh, you know, he tells a story and, uh, you hear him tell it and I don't know, I, I have no doubt in my mind that, that, uh, you know, at least he completely believes what he's saying. I don't, I don't sense any kind of, um, you know, deception behind his words. And, uh, yeah. But do you think it's possible that, that he could have been hoaxed himself though? You know, I think that it, it, you know, anything's possible, quote unquote. I, I, I think that it, it would have been difficult in that, you know, uh, the dude had the gun, he had the rifle. Um, you don't really know for sure that he wouldn't have taken the shot. Um, at this point, of course, I wish he had, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd probably be talking about yeah. it was with you guys. Right? Back in the fifties, <laughs> it wasn't even a conversation. I don't think, right? Or definitely not back in like the you know, you'd early nineteen hundred. It's just I, I no, no, back then they shot everything, man. I mean, there's a there's a famous story uh, from Ape Canyon near Mount St. Helens uh, where they Washington. yeah yeah they uh, they just shot shit because they saw it. They didn't oh yeah, I'm native. They shot everything. Yeah, shoot it first, and then go turn it over and see what it is. Like, oh, you know, I mean, they 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 had no problem shooting stuff back then. And uh, if if you believe some of the stories, um, there were there were Bigfoot getting shot left and right back in those days. I, they never. Oh, really? I've never heard as, that. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of stories. Um, they were the stories. the ancestors of Rick Dyer and Justin Smeha. <laughs> yeah, right. So they're probably uh, in the Smithsonian then with the giants. Maybe the giants are the Bigfoot. Are well, the that's athlete. you know, there's there's uh, that's that's uh, sort of a a, a long standing uh, piece of urban legend that that you know perhaps we've already got the physical remains they're just cataloged they have have yet to be cataloged or they're in some drawer somewhere some box next to the ark of the covenant you know in the smithsonian's collection and we'll we'll never see them Uh, but yeah gigantopithecus exactly the the ape canyon story the sort of the impetus of of that event was when they shot and killed one um and it fell from a cliff or something into the into this ravine um, and then the uh, the other neighboring uh, Bigfoot apparently didn't take kindly to that, and they sort of attacked these people in their cabin, and and uh, yeah, so this happened. And then this is a true story. Well, I you know true story. I, the the there was a guy uh, who was interviewed uh, by John Green, um, I think back in the '60s or early '70s. He was still alive. Um, he was very very old at that point, and he related the story to him. So. Um, I, I mean, I, I tend to think that, that it's possible. Um, I don't know that it's, it's possible at this point to say for any certainty that the, the, the events in the Ape Canyon story actually happened. 
Um, but I think that it's entirely possible. Um, and, and there are some parallels uh, to the uh, experiences that we've had. You know, um, the Ape Canyon guys, they had rocks thrown onto the roofs of their cabin from up above. Uh, they had the animals come up and strike the cabin, physically hit it. We've had those same experiences. We've had the, the cabin has been hit by rocks hundreds of times. I can't even count how many times. Oh, okay. You I was going to ask you, I was gonna ask oh, yeah. you about rocks. that. You hear about the rock yeah. throwing. What's up with oh, that? Yeah. Like, is it just what? a ape-like thing to do? Or? Have you seen, yeah. You should see my two-year-old. She sees Better some rocks. Two. She's throwing yeah. them. It's like a childlike I, mentality, you, I think. I, 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 and I think that's what it is. I cannot tell you why they throw the rocks. I can tell you that chimps throw rocks and, and other primates throw rocks. But, you know, I've stood there, you know, at, at two in the morning, pitch black, and out of the woods, I've heard the rock coming. I've heard it hitting leaves as it comes along. I've seen this rock hit the ground and come to a rest four feet from my feet. And I've walked over and picked it up and I've thrown it back. You know, this has happened to us multiple times the cabin has been we find rocks on the roofs of of the structures there you clear all the rocks off um you come back a few weeks later and the rocks are back up on the roofs how do rocks get up on the roof of a, of a cabin you tell me you know i it, it's it rocks are thrown we get rocks thrown sometimes they're little they're little rocks sometimes they're great big rocks you know we've had rocks that sound like freaking softballs bounce off the top of that cabin and it's a metal roof you know it's like a it's like a um, you know, what do you call that? Like a, uh, uh, so that wavy metal and tin like, roof or yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I, a, yeah. Corrugated, corrugated, corrugated steel roof. I think and, it's a uh, human trait too, right? Like who doesn't like throwing yeah, shit? That's kind of freaky stuff. though, being in a cabin and <clears throat> getting rocks thrown at you there. Oh, it's super creepy. You know, the, 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 the sort of the, the, you know, quote unquote, coolest experience I had was, was, uh, one night we had, we had gone to bed very late. We, it was like, and it was like almost four in the morning or something along those lines. And uh, I was laying, uh, we had bunk beds in the cabin. There's a couple of small bedrooms and uh, in the living room, there's a, a set of bunk beds and I was on top and uh, towards the, my feet, there's this little square window that you couldn't close. It was just a screened square um, in the wall there. And uh, it, everyone else had, had basically fallen asleep. And I was the last guy who was awake. I could hear the guy on the bottom bunk snoring. I could hear the guy uh, sort of just off the room in the front bedroom snoring. And there were two other people in another bedroom that had gone to bed hours before. So I was the only person awake. And I heard um, off of the, the back wall of the cabin, the one closest to the slope of the mountain, I heard uh, what sounded like nuts or nut husks being thrown against the wall of the cabin, sort of like being well, the first thing we heard was a rock that hit the roof and the, the other guy with me was awake when that happened. Um, but a rock bounced off the roof and it was clearly a rock. Um, uh, cause they sound, you know, quite distinctive and different from nuts cause nuts also fall from the trees. This thing, it landed and you could hear it bounce a few times. Um, but we didn't get up. We didn't do anything. We didn't run around. We didn't turn on any lights. We just said, Hey, did you hear that? And he's like, yeah, I heard that. Then he fell asleep and I'm left there basically the last guy awake. And then I hear the nuts sort of bouncing off the back wall of the cabin. I've told this story on the show. So people who've heard the show have heard this before. Um, and, and the way that I interpreted this, the, the preceding, the events that happened after this is that it was probing. It was trying to get a reaction, right? So it hit the, through the rock at the roof, nothing happened. Came in a little closer, started throwing nuts against the back wall of the cabin. Um, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything, but I heard it. And I, and this is behavior that we had heard before that, that we have experienced in, in there before the stuff being thrown against the wall of a building to, to try to stir up activity inside the cabin, but we didn't do anything. I, no one else could hear it because they were all asleep and I didn't get up. The next thing I heard was, uh, three 
sort of very clear footfalls sounded like big flat bare feet against the hard ground. It was like slap, slap, slap. Uh, I could hear this thing like come off the slope and sort of step. There's a little tiny Creek behind the cabin and I could hear it walking on the sort of flat, hard ground uh, next to the cabin. I'm like, Holy shit. You know, I just heard this thing walk next to the cabin and it was right outside the window. Um, the next thing I heard, and I'm, I'm, I'm like processing this. It's like, I, it's like you're laying there and like you, again, you know, they're real. I've already seen them. I've had all these other experiences, but now there's like, I honestly believe there's one walking around outside this cabin and it is pitch black, man. There is no light. I have, I have a sidearm um, on a shelf next to me and all I can see if I open my eyes is the night sights on this, on this sidearm, the two little green glowing dots. That's all I can see. Everything else is just pitch black. There's no light whatsoever. Um, so I couldn't even have looked if I wanted to, to see what this thing looked like. Cause I wouldn't have been able to see anything. The next thing I hear is like this weird pinging sound, like this sort of like rapping on metal. And I figured out what it was after the fact, but it sounded like, you know, somebody banging, uh, making a light rapping sound against something metal. And that was really close. That was like right outside the window. I'm like, shit. And I remember saying to myself, um, as, as I was laying there, like, what is, what is going to have to happen before you do something? <laughs> like I'm sitting there, like, like berating myself. What are you doing? You're just laying here. There's like freaking monkey out your window and you're not doing anything about it. So like, what is going to have to happen for you to do something? And I remember saying to myself, I don't know, but when it happens, I'll know. <laughs> right. When, when, when this thing, ha- the next thing I know, like the whole cabin moves, right. The whole side of the cabin, like shifts and like dust falls from the ceiling and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm up. I grab my flashlight. I hit the flat. I'm jumping out of this freaking like boggy Creek window bunk bed situation. And I'm down on the ground and everybody's awake. And I'm like, there's something friggin' just right outside. I don't know what it did, but the whole freaking cabin moved. Um, it was, it was really intense. Uh, the next day, what we figured out what it was is there's a porch on the end of the cabin there. And um, uh, a guy that I was with named Mark, he's like a big boy, you know, he's a big, you know, well-fed Texan. And he sort of stepped up onto the porch. And when he did that, he sort of picked himself up by grabbing the roof of the porch. And that made the whole cabin move. That was exactly what I felt, but like times five, right? Um, so it, it, I believe what it was doing is it was coming up on the porch to that window. Um, I, I honestly believe it was trying to look in the window. I think it was super curious. I think that's another um, trait of these animals. I think they're super curious about us and what we do. And I think because it wasn't getting any reaction that no one was awake um, or moving around or making commotion, I think that it thought it was safe to come up to the window and sort of peek in or explore or do, I don't know what, um, mm, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a crazy night and I didn't sleep in that freaking bed anymore. <laughs> So do you think like when that shit starts happening, are you thinking Bigfoot right away? Like a serial killer or some fucking, you know, like some of that <laughs> stuff Bigfoot must be running through maybe? your head too. Yeah. It could be a Bigfoot serial killer. No, you know, we're so far out there you know, and I, and uh, not the last show, but the show before that I had uh, um, a naturalist named David Mijajewski down there with me. And, and I asked him that, I'm like, do you think we're being hoaxed by people? Because that's something that, you know, the internet likes to talk about because not a lot of people have been down there. So how would you know what it's like down there? But when I say, no, dude, it's really out there. It's really remote. It's hard to get to um, the, this, the, the, it isn't like there's another cabin right next door. There's no road. Um, it's, it's a really nasty environment to try to move around in as a human being. Um, I said, do you think there's people out here hoaxing? And he's like, no, there's absolutely no way. I mean, if you're just there, you get it. The terrain is difficult to, to move across, especially at night, especially in the pitch dark. I mean, you're just asking for a broken ankle or something. You're asking to fall down and, and bust your neck. Uh, I, I, I just, I do not believe for 
a second that we're being jacked with by other people, right, which is right. it's completely inconceivable. Also, oh, by the way, we occasionally shoot at them. So if there's a person, I mean, this is a dedicated hoaxer, man. He is willing to take a shot <laughs> to screw with the, you know, the Bigfoot hunters. It just, it, it's completely inconceivable to me that, that these are people jacking with us. So do you but, think it could be Tom Biscardi? <laughs> no, no, I don't think Tom goes into, into places like this. So Brian, after that, after that encounter, did that change the way you guys, uh, like, do you purposefully now not react? Like if something's happening, like, do you like sort of play dead until they come? Closer? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, that, that's sort of a, a tactic that you can absolutely depl- uh, employ. Um, and we've done it with some success. Uh, if, if you're, you know, one of the things we do, you know, you'd asked earlier, what can I do to, to attract Bigfoot? One of the things you can do is just like set up camp, sit around a campfire, you know, play music, talk, laugh, uh, have kids around. Kids are, are very appealing. Women. What I about think. women during their moon cycle? Have you ever heard that one? Yeah, moon I've heard cycle? that. What's a moon cycle? <laughs> you know, when they're howling at the moon when they turn into <laughs> werewolves. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. I, I don't, I don't know that is uh I, last time not last time i was there that's not true at all last year i was there with four women it was just me and four other women that's when i heard the weird whispering um and some other stuff happened that week uh but i was there with four women i i i i think that women are interesting because um like kathy strains a friend of mine i've been down there with kathy strains several times she's sort of a well-known uh you know quote-unquote bigfooter uh she's written some books about native culture and and, and sasquatch um she has sort of a high uh, melodic voice. Uh, she'll like that. I said that, but she has sort of a high voice. And I think that that kind of, I think that's interesting to them. I think that, that, that higher register is, is, is might be something that they're interested in hearing. Um, so I do think that women are, are, uh, are something that they're attracted to as a, an object of interest, not attracted to like, you know, a baby, but attracted to because they're interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Kids laughing, music, you know, playing guitars, all that kind of stuff. Just hanging out and being a camper, right? But being an aware camper and and listening to the woods around you. That's that's really important. Like understanding what the woods around you sound like, knowing what different animals do and how they sound when they do it. Um, and if you think if you think there might be a bigfoot hanging around you for whatever reason, um, we've had some experience with basically, you know, if they throw a rock, you don't do anything. You pretend like you didn't even hear it. Um, you just keep talking because what, what we believe happens at least sometimes is that they'll come in a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I, again, I think sometimes this rock throwing, I can't tell you why they throw rocks all the time, but I do know for a fact that sometimes they throw rocks just to see if you know that they're there, just to see if you'll do something. It's like when you walk out on thin ice and you got your stick in front of you. Yeah. 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 Well, the interesting of- thing about the rock throwing in North America, I, I think is that, you can't just say it's some other animal, right? Like who, what animal in North America would, would be able to even throw a rock? Humans. I mean, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you were to go in another, like in Asia or something like that, and you have like chimps or yeah, gorillas or whatever, then okay, maybe, or monkeys, then maybe they could throw rocks. Technically they could no. physically do it. But in North America, like absolutely yeah, humans and Bigfoot. And if sure. you're out there in the middle of nowhere and you're already making the assumption that there's no humans around, like who else could it be? Right. And this is when I, I, I tell the, the critics of the group and critics of, of what we're experiencing there. It's like, there's really only two options, you know, either we're complete bald faced liars or we're, we have Bigfoot around us because this idea that we're being hoaxed is preposterous. Again, right, we right. shoot, we shoot at them. What person 
Never mind the fact that I'll tell you it's impossible for a human being to move around in that environment in the dark, blah, blah, blah. Forget all that. We shoot them, you know, and they don't go away. What kind of person would would stay, you know, and keep hoaxing a, a group of gun-toting, uh, you know, Bigfoot hunters? Nobody. Nobody would do that. So, I, I, uh, I, but I agree with you. There's only, as far as I'm aware, two animals that will throw a rock in North America. And, you know, we're one of them. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Bigfoot is the other one. You know, I heard, I've heard some people say, well, you know, uh, uh, raccoons can throw rocks. Well, they can throw little tiny rocks. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they're little tiny hands. You know, they're not throwing like a baseball sized rock from 200 yards out in the woods. <laughs> you know, and, and we've heard rocks come sailing in from really, really far away. The kind of stuff that really kind of freaks you out. When, when they do something that demonstrates just like an incredible amount of strength like that, it's kind of like, holy shit, these things are strong. Well, monkeys are strong. Yeah. Yeah. Chimps are incredibly strong for their size. They're way stronger than us. Way stronger than us. I want to wrestle a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you start wrestling your monkey mind first and then move on. I do that that when I eat mushrooms. Is that a euphemism for something? I want to wrestle one. (laughs) (laughs) Go wrestle your monkey. No, here we call it pulling your goalie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i haven't heard that one before that's funny so do you have anything else uh justin i i think that that covers it uh he, he covered a lot of the questions i had so so yeah no, i'm good what about you brian do you have anything else you want to want to tell our listeners <sighs> no listen to the bigfoot show <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah we'll, we'll link to all that in the show notes for sure no, um, no, man. It's just a bigfootshow.com, right? Thebigfootshow.com, yep. Or facebook.com slash thebigfootshow. Right on. Those are our two spots. Or the NWAC uh, Or woodape.org. Yeah, yeah woodape.org right. is, is, yeah, is the website for the NAWAC. And uh, there you can go. There's We have a really cool interactive map of all the sightings. Um, it's called the Report Explorer. So you can like see all the maps laid out. All the, I'm sorry, all the encounters laid out on a map. Uh, you can zoom in, you can click on them, you can see what the what the encounter was all about. Um, that's kind of a cool feature of the site. In fact, we just added a, a kind of an interesting experience, uh, an interesting encounter just the other day um, that would be uh, interesting for someone to uh, to go read if they want to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sweet. Did, yeah. Do you guys just cover sightings in your area? Well, traditionally, the group has been centered on the four-state area, Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. Louisiana, Arkansas. Um, right now, uh, we would occasionally get reports from outside of that area, but, but typically those are the, those are the, the, the area that we get reports from. Um, we do have members all over the place. You know, I'm in Minnesota. We have members in Europe. We have members, uh, all over the United States. Um, but the core of the group, the traditional sort of, uh, the starting of the group was, was right there in Texas. So we have a strong, uh, a strong sort of affiliation with, with that part of the country. And, and most of our members are still. Uh, in Texas and Oklahoma. Hmm. Yeah. And you can still shoot pretty well anything in Texas. <laughs> in Texas, <laughs> yeah. Or in any sort of fire. That's why. <laughs> well, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they actually asked uh, somebody, I don't remember who, who they exactly they asked, but, you know, someone made a, uh, an official inquiry into, into, you know, can I shoot a Bigfoot in Texas? And they're like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like, <laughs> that's not a problem. No more yeah, they're dilemma there. here in Washington. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, some parts of Washington and, and uh, Skamania County. Yeah, Skamania right County next to uh, Mount St. Helens. Yeah, probably BC too. Everything's protected in BC. <laughs> ah, man, I would love as to it should BC. be. 
BC is like on my list of places I would love to go. I would just absolutely love to go looking for Bigfoot in BC. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Pretty nice uh, countryside over there. Graham's from BC. Do you know, uh, have you read that book, uh, Raincoat Sasquatch? No. Uh, who's uh, that by? Uh, is it um, Ali? Ali? Is it Robert Ali? Uh, no. Um, Hold on a minute. Raincoast Sasquatch. I, I mean, I tell everybody about this book because I love this book. Um, I think it's one of the best books on Bigfoot. Yeah, Robert Alley, J. Robert Alley. Um, he's actually from uh, that that part of the country. He's from he's from uh, uh, BC. He uh, he's I, I believe he was he was some sort of like traveling doctor or something. I don't remember exactly, but he would travel around to the to the to um, you know the native communities and uh, just picked up all these great stories. But uh, yeah, it's basically all about Bigfoot in coastal BC um, in uh, in that part of of, of Canada. Um, he says it says the title of the book from coastal British Columbia and Northwest Washington in the Puget Sound to the Yakutat. Uh, awesome book. Really, really. I don't even know what the Yakutat is. I just said that. <laughs> you kill it. You kill it. You, you kill it. Okay, fine. There no, you, go. you kill it. You kill it. <laughs> you kill it. <laughs> it's kind of like that. There's a, there's a town in Oklahoma called uh, Honubi. But if you look at it, it's spelled like Hanobia. So you can always tell someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they'll, they'll talk about Hanobia and nobody calls it Hanobia. That's just, <laughs> that's how you tell the out-of-towners. Well, Washington's full of, uh, of names like that. Yeah, all the native, uh, native yeah. names. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Is it Wichita Falls in Washington? No, that's in... No, no, that's Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Hmm. Well, was, nice try. I had a one in 50 chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, Brian. We'd like to really thank you for, for taking the time out to come on the show. We'll make sure and, and link to, uh, to everything, um, uh, we talked about and where people can find the show and everything in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to do this again this time. I think we, we did about, you know, a little, an hour and a half or so there it just kind of flew by. Yeah. I'm happy. Just let me know. Um, uh, yeah, you, next time you guys, maybe once a year, you'll do a Bigfoot show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, I guess uh, I, I should ask every guest, I suppose, right? Even Bigfoot. Are you familiar with think, Synchronicity? Synchronicity, the, the police album? There uh, you go. <laughs> what's Who are the police? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't just say that. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not familiar with Synchronicity now kind of like profound coincidence i guess or oh okay yeah meaningful coincidence yeah well that's a question we we kind of do a segment on our intro so we like to pop it up by our guest but um if you're not familiar it kind of the first work. one who isn't so yeah and it ruins the whole thing yeah thanks. next Sorry. time next time Sorry. we expect you to be ready i'll study up I'll well study he's up. gonna have a few now that he's heard about I'll, it I'll oh be, yeah I'll now just, just watch homework. out yeah there'll be the bank foot synchronicity where you try and shoot it but you miss uh, or you run through the scope it. and it's shooting at you. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be new. Yeah, <laughs> if we looked at it through a scope and it like flipped us off. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, Ryan, thanks thanks a lot for coming back. Yeah, come, no problem. Come back anytime and uh, and have a great uh, a great. Hopefully, hopefully by the next time we talk, you'll have have your body. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll, def yeah. I'll definitely come back after that. Yeah, good luck this summer. Yeah, thanks a lot, man.
And welcome back to Great America. That was our chat with Brian Brown of the Bigfoot Show. Talking some squatch. It's a squaddle. I don't know, man. I wanted to talk more about this, uh, the elusive nature of Bigfoot and the strange, uh, what do they call it again? I still like Sasquatch. Sasquatch? Sasquatch. But the strange occurrences, what do you call it? The high strangeness of the whole thing. Like, I don't think you can just discount people's crazy stories about them disappearing or uh, all this interdimensional stuff, right? I mean, I know it's hard for, you know, the wooded conservatives. I can discount that shit. Look, ooh, look at me. Boom. Discount it. Yeah. I know you can. You can fucking discount anything. Just because it's me saying it. Yeah, well, you're definitely not helping its cause. And okay, and the other one that bugs me, shooting it. I don't know about that, man. Don't just kill the fucking first Bigfoot we find. Why not? We kill fucking 100,000 people a day, probably. Well, it's not, Bigfoot. doesn't mean it's right. You get the shot, you fucking doesn't take it. Doesn't mean it's right. Take the shot. No, I would take just... The shot. If you're out there listening and you ever come across that dilemma where you have a squatch in your sights, you take that shot. No, I'm going to use my shamanic powers to communicate with him and and uh, and just hold his hand and ease him in like you know and hope to fuck it's not a dude in a ghillie suit (laughs) (laughs) take the shot yeah no i don't think i could no well you're not gonna have the opportunity you don't know a gun that's true you see him in your car swerve into him once again hopefully it's not a guy in a ghillie suit didn't that actually happen a while back Something some like dude that, yeah. dressed in a ghillie suit got hit. I think so. By yeah. a car <laughs> trying to do a Bigfoot hoax. <laughs> yeah, stumble across the wrong guy. Oof. Good times, son. Good times. That was Anyways, a good chat. I'm glad we had that episode finally. And yes, that's another big thanks to Jorge Roar. Oh yeah, right, right. That's a lost tape. Still a couple lost tapes to come. <laughs> so you guys will start over the next few episodes. This is the third one, and I think there's still two more. There's nothing worse than going to a, back to a podcaster telling them you just lost their episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Bigfoot Show, sorry, we lost your episode. You want to come back? To record that? We know you're busy all summer hunting Sasquatch, but you want to come back on? <laughs> yeah. So there's still two more episodes to come out. So by the end, you'll get a you'll get a good good idea of uh, how many just how much content was actually saved by Jorge taking some time. I mean, he didn't design the R Studio software, but if it wasn't for him, I would have given up way before totally. that. Yeah, man. He was the one that said, keep trying these different things. So thanks a lot. And we want to thank uh, Mr. Darnell Darnell for the website too. Hey, it's much faster now. Oh, he hasn't done it yet. That's because what? that's because we're up, uh, upgraded on that temporary server because oh, it's what? free this month. But then next month they want like 75 bucks a month for it, which is Fuck. like fucking five times what we're paying now. But when Wayne's done, we'll stay on the same plan and it'll run the same speed. That's like 15 subscribers. But just I, for the website. Yeah. But no, Wayne should have that. He says he can get us back in his quota and he's going to do a little sniffing around and try and find us the best place for where we should be. All righty. Yeah. So, but well, he was also, I think he just had some back work done um, over the weekend. So we should give him some, get, some get well soon, karma. Right on. Get well, Darn- Darnell. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can send him some work. If you guys are looking to get any web design or anything like that done, check out... Uh, darnelldigitallink.com i think is that yeah, right? uh, i'm not sure i'll put it in the website i'll put it in the uh it'll be in the notes. show notes anyway and that's uh official web guy of grimerica yeah thanks darnell other than that uh do we have anything else who do we got coming out next week i think we have uh, oscar 
the shaman. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's really yeah, good that's one. a good one. The Oscar the Peruvian shaman for yeah, everyday awesome. living. Yeah, buddy with uh, Dennis McCann. No, buddy with uh, I can never remember his name for some reason. I don't know. I can't. I can't Chris, help Chris you. Ryan's buddy. Krippner. Oh yeah, Krippner. that's right. Stanley. He knows Krippner. Yeah, Stanley Krippner. He was just on Chris Ryan again. I like Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So anyways, enough reminiscing. I can see you reminiscing there behind the mic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> well, check out all the regular shit. Everything will be in the show notes. You guys can uh, review the show. Review the show. Do it now. Just do it now. And like, there we go. Check out the money bomb. Tell some friends. Yeah, check out the money bomb. If we could get like 10% or 20% of the audience to join up in the money bomb, we could uh, be doing some real... Some real spreading, some real love around. Yeah, man. THC's giving back like five hundred thousand uh, dollars a month there to to listeners. So you know, and then keeping half for themselves, of course. So let's. I want to keep growing that uh, concept. That could be the new podcasting uh, way, right? Yeah, we'll see. We're we're getting there. It's pretty new. We're pretty new too, but yeah, uh, the show's doing well. So it doesn't look like we're stopping anytime soon. So right. you might as well jump on board. We got. Uh, Patty Greer coming up. Oh yeah, that's our, filmmaker. That our next live stream. That's, will yeah. Be, yeah, that's when's that? The and then uh, and then we're Tuesday, taking a bit Tuesday. of a live stream break, right? And then we're going to release some back episodes here. Yeah, we're taking two weeks off for a holiday. Well, it'll be about almost two weeks without a live feed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Tuesday, and then there's nothing before going holidays, so there'll be anything. Oh right, Tuesday, okay, and okay. I'm not even back till like Wednesday the following. Oh right, week, okay, so. okay, yeah. Take a much deserved break. You guys won't miss a thing because we're gonna have a um our double episode with our with a couple of graphic novelists and webcomic artists. That uh, that's actually a real fun chat all on the fringe. Yeah. Fringish sort of subject. So that's yep. gonna be uh set to auto release while we're away. And uh technically it should just come out on Friday as per semi usual. Yeah. Or it won't come out and who knows? This is my first <laughs> time attempting it, so Big thanks to Neil Davies for the jingle. Uh, Gitmo Yoho did the other one. So big thanks to them. Send us your jingles and uh, send us your music and send us your money. And spam. Send us your spam. Spam gram. G-R-A-H-A-M at gramerica.com. Yeah. And as, and maybe put even like spam spam header. Like Gitmo was talking about putting in larger penis <laughs> as the fucking header. That'd be a funny twist. But. I would have clicked on it for sure. Yeah, exactly. Click. <laughs> I've seen your web. I've seen your advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great week and we'll see you guys next week.
Bye. 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 Bye.